WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. This is the WIA National News and it is for week commencing March 20, 2011. Amateur Radio, we get people talking. Situation worsens after triple disasters hit Japan. From the Delta to the DMZ, Vietnam XV. Argentina heard in North Carolina on 2 metre FM via a wire antenna. All these stories up and coming in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia for week commencing March 20, 2011. I'm Graham, VK4BB. And according to my tracking program here, we have about 23 seconds. And the students uh, would stand by now at Mackay. Once I make contact with uh, Paoli, I will ask... Um, uh, Aaron, the first student, to come up straight up and ask his question. So uh, I'll start calling now. Calling in A1SF, in A1SF, this is VK5ZAI. Calling on schedule, uh, do you copy, Paoli? 6.05, Zulu Alpha India. This is November Alpha 1, Sierra Sierra, over. Yes, students of Mackay State High School in VK4 talked to astronaut Paolo Naspali on the International Space Station Wednesday, March 2, as the International Space Station passed over Australia. Sixteen students asked questions. Hi, I'm Shane. How different is the viewing of stars in space as there is no atmosphere around the station? Over. Well, I would say that the stars uh, are uh, much more brighter, and then, by the way, they don't flicker how they flicker down on ground. Uh, but essentially, you can see many more star up, stars up here, and uh, and it becomes where the full night uh, uh, really, really uh, the sky lit up and bright up. So it's uh, it's really very nice. Um, and then, and, and of course, there, are, there is not much light on this side of uh, of the sky, so it's very good. It's it's a very nice view. Over. 200 people, including students from the school, parents and invited guests, listened in the school hall. There was a telebridge link from the school to Tony VK5ZAI in South Australia, who acted as the Earth Amateur Radio Station, with a radio link to the International Space Station. Shane VK4KHZ operated the contact from the school and organised this contact. The Mackay Amateur Radio Association put on a display of amateur radio brochures and magazines and books and information of interest. Channel 7 and Wind TV News were present and recorded the proceedings. Well, Diana, zero gravity, it, it's interesting because it looks a little bit like uh, if you would be laying in bed and you try to eat and do everything else. At the beginning is very difficult, but then uh, everything works perfectly uh, with uh, made minor problem. And uh, it looks like that we were born in space, not on Earth. Over. From spaceships to sailing ships, New South Wales police recognise radio operator rescue effort. MySailing.com.au have reported how Marine Rescue Terry Hill's radio operator, Ian Murdoch, has been awarded the Region Commander's Certificate of Appreciation from New South Wales Police Assistant Commissioner Ken McKay. Ian, together with four members of Broken Bay Water Police, received awards for their part in the rescue of six people on board the stricken yacht Encore, which founded in gale force conditions off Broken Bay. On that day, Ian was sole radio operator at the Marine Rescue Sydney radio base and, although alone, managed 75 minutes of non-stop intense pressure in a mayday call for help. He relayed the distressed vessel's position to other vessels in the area, informed water police, coordinated a veritable fleet of responding vessels, the police launch, a passenger ferry, a bulk carrier and a training yacht, 
and maintained contact with the vessel until water police were able to take the six off the sinking vessel. Amateur Radio gets people talking. So far, a few clubs are registered for our hobby's big public relations event. Now in conjunction with World Amateur Radio Day, it's being held on Sunday the 17th of April. Tasmania's Central Coast Amateur Radio Club is to set up at Hiscott Park. Melbourne's EMDRC are booked at Lilydale Park, with a second EMDRC entry just received for the J-Car Car Park, corner of Springvale Road and Princes Highway, Mulgrave. And last year's winner, Amateur Radio Victoria, is set again for Point Jellybrand at Williamstown. We know that several other clubs are talking about registration and will do so in coming days. With only weeks to go, a lot more clubs and groups of individuals should get right behind this nationwide effort to take amateur radio and show what it has to offer to the public. All that it needs is knowledgeable and well-presented people to explain amateur radio, plus a well-presented station. Read the rules and plan immediately to get involved with the WIA National Field Day. Read the article on the WIA website. A summary appears in this month's Amateur Radio magazine. Tune in to the world. Amateur Radio gets people talking Sunday the 17th of April. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In New South Wales, it can be heard on various frequencies from 160 metres to 23 centimetres. From VK2WI, Dural, at 10am every Sunday. I'm Eric, VK2VE. Hams across Australia, VK2, Waverley Amateur Radio Society. Waverley's clubhouse has a harbourside location in the Scout Hall at Vickery Avenue, Rose Bay, with easy parking, and it's always open on the first Saturday afternoon of each month at 1.30pm for a variety of activities or just a rag chew, with everybody welcome to drop in. The next occasion will be April 2. Trash and Treasure. Next Sunday morning will be the regular Trash and Treasure gathering at VK2WI Dural, 63 Quarry Road. It's also the bi-monthly exam assessment for all grades. Check out details on the ARNSW website. That's arnsw.org.au. And a sausage sandwich is available from the barbecue for lunch and in the afternoon, the Radio Homebrew and Experimenters group meeting. High above the northern Tasmanian landscape is Mount Burrow, 1,362 metres above sea level. And perched another 25 metres above that, located on the Air Services Australia Tower, are the antenna for one of Australia's finest two-metre repeaters, VK7 Romeo Alpha Alpha. Unfortunately, the brackets that hold the antenna to the tower are getting old and require replacement. And in this world of safety first, the landlord has mandated replacement of these brackets with something that would appear to be quite over-engineered for the job, obviously specifying a large safety margin in their construction strength and design. Such engineering doesn't come cheap, but with a little luck, these brackets may even outlast the tower to which they're going to be attached. Reist. April presentation, Antarctic Telecommunications. Wednesday the 6th at 7.30pm will be on Antarctic Telecommunications and will be given by Peter Yates and Ian McLean who run telecommunications for the Australian Antarctic Division. The presentation will be at the AAD headquarters in Kingston and will include a live demonstration. Now if you are intending to go along, let Warren VK7 FEET know. 
presentation should be from well, around about the 7.30 to 9.30 mark. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. I'm Jason VK2LAW and ahead of international news it's to the home of the good guys. The Manly Warringah Radio Society offers grants to youngsters interested in becoming radio amateurs. Recently the good guys at the club awarded the first of its grants to Lachlan Boyle who now sports the call sign VK2FBAH. Not for long though as Lachlan is already studying for his licence upgrade. Congratulations Lachlan who received a cheque for $100 plus a year's free membership to the club. For more information about the first amateur radio licence youth grant visit wia.org and check out VK2 Clubs and the education link of Manly Warringah. International news, change of IARU Region 3 Secretary. The directors of IARU Region 3 very much regret to announce the resignation for personal reasons of J, JA1TRC, as Secretary of IARU Region 3 from March 9. Directors have appointed Ken, JA1CJP, as new Secretary. Ken holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Electronics Engineering and worked for KDD, now KDDI, in the satellite communications field for many years. During that time, he worked in many countries, including five years stationed in the United Kingdom working with the International Maritime Satellite Organisation. In nominating Ken as Secretary, JARL President JA1AN reaffirmed his society's strong and continuing support of IARU Region 3 and its Secretary at the same time stressing the importance of the regional Secretary's independence from any member society. Michael Owen, VK3KI, Chairman IARU Region 3, said Ken was first licensed in 1967 and today continues to have an active interest in DXN contests. Still in JA land, the situation worsens after the triple disasters hit Japan. At the request of the Central Emergency Communications Committee, the JARL is operating HQ station JA1RL in Tokyo and regional HQ stations. Earlier it was reported that JA1RL was using 7 MHz SSB, 144 MHz SSB FM and 430 MHz SSB FM. Ken, the new IARU Region 3 Secretary, said many radio amateurs are thanked for providing information and exchanging support to the rescue and disaster relief operations. Those who can operate in the affected areas are providing a lifeline for rescue teams and those at local shelters. Some stations are operating with car batteries and others with engine generators. Ken, JA1CJP, said another worry is leakage of radioactive gases at the Fukushima nuclear plant, which was damaged. The shortage of fuel, disruption to rail and road transport have been reported from many affected areas, still recovering from the worst earthquake in 140 years, followed by a widespread tsunami that swept away so much. JA1RL continued to operate under instruction increasingly receiving help from JARL members in the affected areas. Many other stations are active. Field stations are using various frequencies, including some battery powered and others using small generators. Each is exchanging rescue and disaster relief information with JA1RL and others. I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC. Chairman of the IARU Region 3 Disaster Communications Committee, 
Reporting for BK1WIA. The following information is also from Ken JA1CJP, 7043 kHz SSB, controlled by JR3QHQ, the Osaka branch manager of JARL. He's gathering incident information on radio and forwarding it onto the internet. 7075 kHz SSB is operated by JL3YSP in Waikayama occasionally. 7030 kHz, which is the JARL emergency communication frequency in their band plan, is in use by JA7RL, JARL Regional HQ Station. The last frequency is particularly QRP relevant. There are obviously propagation factors which would limit their range, but would all amateurs please make every effort to avoid interfering with emergency communications on these frequencies. JA1RL continues to operate under instruction to be an emergency traffic centre and is increasingly receiving help from JARL members in the affected area. Many other stations are active and are using various frequencies including some battery powered and others using small generators to exchange rescue and disaster relief operation information with JA1RL and others. While 3525, 7030, 7043 and 7075 have been mentioned as in use, it's wise to keep those and all of the centre of emergency clear of normal and non-urgent traffic. There is no call for additional foreign radio amateurs. Argentina heard in North Carolina on 2 metre FM on wire antenna. The recent sunspots have brought some interesting propagation, even on some of the VHF and UHF bands. Jonathan Ballard, KI4UKF, who lives in North Carolina, heard Claudio Costa, LW2ECC in Argentina, calling CQ on 144.48 MHz FM. What really makes this interesting is that KI4UKF was using a Moxon wire antenna tacked to a wall. He said the signal was steady for several minutes at about signal 6 before it faded away. He emailed Claudio, who confirmed the transmission, and Claudio reported that he was using three 5.8 wave verticals and 160 watts. Canadian hams ask RAC for assistance in ridding plasma TV interference. Members of Canada's Niagara Peninsula Amateur Radio Club say that noise and signals originating from plasma screen digital television sets are causing considerable interference to their HF activities. They've asked their National Society for help. According to a news release from Radio Amateurs of Canada, complaints of this nature require specific and detailed information before it can consider taking this matter to telecommunications regulator Industry Canada. To gather this information, Radio Amateurs of Canada invites its members who own a plasma screen television receiver to report their experiences of interferences from such products. Specifically, these reports should describe the make and model of the TV, the description of their HF station and antenna system, and the exact nature of the interference. This means what bands are affected, what the interference sounds like, and any other pertinent information. Remedies should also be tried and reported, such as using ferrite chokes on power cords and signal cables if the interference is detected. Amateurs with advanced instrumentation such as spectrum analyzers and calibrated antennas should measure signal intensity levels at given distances. These measurements will add credibility to their investigation. Canadian hams suffering from this type of interference should send their reports to Norman Rashley, VE3LC, at email VE3LC at RAC.ca. A launch failure has led to the demise of several new ham radio birds. Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, is in the newsroom with the details. Three amateur radio satellites were lost. This, when a booster rocket failed to achieve orbit. The satellites were launched from Vandenberg Air Force Base in California at 10.09 on Friday, March 4th, on board an Orbital Sciences Taurus XL rocket. 
According to news reports, it's believed that the launcher's fairing, which covers the satellites on top of the rocket, did not separate properly. This added drag prevented the Taurus XL from gaining enough momentum to attain orbit. The ham radio payload consisted of Explorer 1, Kaisat 1, and Hermes. The rocket is believed to have crashed near the Antarctic. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF in Los Angeles. By the way, Bill actually saw and photographed the launch from his front lawn in Santa Clarita, California. That's at least 80 miles from Vandenberg Air Force Base. He says that it was the brightest object in the night sky. His pictures, which were a last-minute idea, are grab shots taken without a tripod. They're posted in his 2011 photo album on Facebook. The amateur radio section of ORF, the Austrian Broadcasting Corporation, in conjunction with the Documentary Archives Radio Communications QSL Collection, will operate OE11M from 0000 UTC on the 29th of April to 2359 UTC on the 1st of May. OE11M is an, artif- is an official international Marconi Day station and contacts made on 30th of April are valid for the IMD award. QSL via OE Bureau or direct to OE1WHC. Cards without SAE and new IRC or, or dollars to cover postage will be processed via the Bureau. The 2011 International Museums Weekend special event will again be a double weekend and will take place on the 18th and 19th of June and the 25th and 26th. Radio amateurs are encouraged to participate in this event by setting up stations in their local museums. Harry, M1BYT, is organising the event and asks that those intending to take part register the museums via email. That's harry.m1byt at tiscally.co.uk. Full details at www.ukradioamateur.co.uk forward slash IMW. These stories from the RSGB and from the Amateur Radio Newsline were on the web at www.arnewsline.org. And I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. You're tuned to VK1 WIA. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hi, I'm Felix VK4FUQ and Head of Operational News, a look at Media Watch. Northwest has a news. News rebroadcasts new time. Winston BK7AM advises a new time for WIA and regional news, the evening broadcast. For some time, this broadcast has started at 9pm Tuesday evenings, but from now on it will begin one hour earlier. For listeners in the north and northwest, please tune in to the Mount Duncan repeater on 146.625 at 8pm on Tuesday evenings. Now operational news. March 19 and 20, WIA John Moyle Field Day is running this weekend. April 23, 2011, VK ZL Ritti Sprint 80 metres. April 25, ZL VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint. April 30, Worldwide Marconi Day 2011. April 30, 2011, VK ZL Ritti Sprint, the 40 metres section. 2010 IARU HF World Championship scores are in. In an hour zone, Zone 55, Australia, VK4 Echo Mike Mike racked up a massive 357,555 points. Well done. JMC. The Hunter Radio Group Contest team are operating portable at Burrell, near Stroud, for this weekend's John Moyle Contest. Summerland Amateur Radio Club in northern New South Wales, VK2SRC, is also operating portable. 
This from location QF69FU in the John Moyle contest on 2 metres, 70 and 23 centimetres. Dale VK4DMC from a very wet and soggy far north Queensland tells us that the Tablelands Radio and Electronics Club, TREC, are operating from Lake Teneru on the Atherton Tablelands on HF and VHF using the club call sign VK4WAT. The Tark Inc. are on the air from baden Powell campsite to Lakeer Beach Road, Bluewater. Brendan, VK8FQRP, is in the John Moore from Darwin on QRP. Love that call 8FQRP. 10-minute station under the VK8DA call sign. As an aside, Brendan has been having great success. 500 milliwatts to VK7 and VK2 over the past few weeks from the top end. Special event stations, repeater, beacon, DX, and net advice. DX0DX. The DX0DXD expedition to the Spratlys has been postponed 13 months. Team leader Chris VK3FY said he was determined to recover as much of the cost as possible to put things right for all the team members, sponsors, organisations and individuals involved. He said, It's better to concentrate on getting the best value for the assets for the January venture so that I can recover the best return for the operators. Apologies are made by Chris VK3FY to the DX community for the changes that have been outside his control. Earlier on it was announced that difficulties with logistics and customs were the major problems, but have since been overcome. Chris VK3FY has personally undertaken to post the contributions, foundations and costs on the DX0DX Yahoo group and to foundations. Lord Howe The Hellenic Amateur Radio Association of Australia are organising a de-expedition to Lord Howe Island in July, using the club call sign VK9HR. They are looking for CW operators and experienced SSB and digital modes operators who would be interested in attending this de-expedition. Any interested operators, please contact the president of the HARAOA, Tommy. VK2IR. Namibia, V5. Special event call sign V521NAM is active in celebration of the 21st anniversary of the independence of the country and the beginning of the Namibian Amateur Radio League. QSL via V51NAM. IWLW 2011 shapes up well. The 14th Annual Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend will be held as a fun event in the weekend of 2021 August. Already 135 registrations have been received, and it is on track to nudge last year's total of 447. Germany and Australia traditionally account for most entries, and their enthusiasm shows again this year. Of particular interest will be DA 2011 LH, special event call sign at Camp and Lighthouse. From the Mekong to the DMZ. Vietnam XV. Yannick, XV4Y, is active from the Mekong Delta in the south of Vietnam. Activity is mainly on 40, 20, 17 and 15 metres from 0700 to 0900 Zulu, and then 1300 to 1500 hours Zulu. QSL direct via OK1DOT. Mike BK4MIK of the Tableland Radio Group advises of the second running of the event known as AMNCW on Anzac Day. 25th of April, 1200 hours EST to give an amateur radio salute to our veterans by using the modes that were used in World War I, II and Korea, Malaysia and Vietnam. It is hoped to activate ex-Navy ships in military museums as well as warbird and private museums as well as historical sites of military significance and operators using AM and CW. For VK1WAA National News in England where the rain showers continue and the council works outside our property, I'm Felix VK4FUQ. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Victoria, it can be heard through the Amateur Radio Victoria VK3BWI broadcast network. 
each Sunday at 10.30am and 8pm on the two-metre repeaters VK3RMM at Mount Macedon and VK3RML Mount Dandenong, plus the 80, 40 and 30-metre bands. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor. Rewind. Early Australian call signs. I'm Cole, VK4CC. Ever wondered how the Australian amateur radio prefix VK came about? According to History of Australian Radio Call Signs by K3 Hotel Zulu, Dave, it came from a block of prefixes beginning with the letter V assigned to British Commonwealth countries in 1912 to commemorate the death of Queen Victoria. The block VH to VK was allocated to Australia, but these were not assigned to Australian amateurs until 1928. In 1910, after representations by the WIA, the then Postmaster General Department began issuing experimental licences. These used a three-letter call beginning with X and did not differentiate between states until 1912, when these three-letter calls were broken up into blocks according to state. In early 1914, the experimental calls were changed again when a number representing the states was incorporated into a 3 by 2 format. The letter X was followed by a number, for example 4 to represent Queensland, followed by a two-letter suffix. All licences were cancelled during World War I, and none were issued until 1922, when an A was added to the X prefix to designate Experimental Australia, resulting in a 2 by 2 callsign format. The next change in prefix came in 1927, when an international radio conference decided that Australia should use the prefix OA, to signify Oceania, Australia. The OA prefix was short-lived, however, as yet another international radio conference in 1928 resulted in Australian amateurs finally using the VK prefix. So if today's call sign format seems confusing, spare a thought for our early amateur brethren and the many changes that they endured in only 18 short but tumultuous years. I'm Cole, VK4CC. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's VLF plus the Final Frontier. CPUT to build an S-band transmitter for UK satellite. The Cape Peninsula University of Technology, South Africa, has been invited by the UK to build an S-band transmitter for the first satellite to be launched by the UK Space Agency in December 2011. U-Cubed 1 is an exciting and novel collaboration between the UK space agency industry and academia and is envisaged as the pilot for a full UK CubeSat program. Strathclyde University, who are coordinating the project, approached CPUT to build the transmitter. A similar unit is already under construction at CPUT for its own 3U CubeSat. The Lowdown Column New sub 9kHz amateur radio VLF website. Roger G3XBM brings news of a new amateur radio VLF sub 9kHz website. This group is bringing together information more accessibly. The original pages just grew and grew as activity on VLF took off. It's almost one year to the day since Stefan DK9FC made his first historic DX transmission on 8.97kHz. Since then, they've come a long, very long way. The new site also has a table showing VLF DX records. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting for WIA National News.
the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Oh, you worry me, Robert, sometimes with the choice of music there. Surely we haven't put you to sleep. All right, that is the end of the WIA national news for this week. Again, Robert, and to Brian for putting the news together the past two weeks. Thanks very much while I've been on holidays. Also, don't forget that uh, those of you on the text edition that are getting it regularly, that's great. If you would like that text edition sent automatically to your email address, all the details are on the front page of wia.org.au and you'll be kept up to date. There's a lot more information that we can bring you in the text edition than on the audio version because, let's face it, uh, web addresses and telephone numbers and things, not everybody sits there uh, or drives there with their uh, pen in hand. Also, uh, on that text edition today, you'll see a huge list of frequencies that uh, our friends in JA land are asking us to uh, QSY from. Also, the -the behind-the-scenes look at just... The amount of work that goes into a successful RS contact, and that's thanks to Bruce and the Mackay group there that put together that last RS contact. Some great uh, insight into that one. And as we leave you, again, great to have Jim Linton, VK3PC, back on deck after uh, many trying months, and uh, good to have you there, Jim. Okay, we'll see you next week. I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.